This is The New Reconstruction, a podcast bringing you inspiration from Black businesses making a positive impact around the way and around the world. What I'm aiming to get out of this conversation is, you know, just start to anchor folks in a conversation around how Black businesses can be a force for good in our communities and, and, you know, there's lots of different ways that that can happen. And, um, but I like, you know, starting with the co-op model as, you know, just an entryway into this bigger conversation because, you know, the co-op kind of um, starts to build a discussion, really build a bridge between that discussion around business, you know, what it means to, to ha- have a business and what it means to be embedded in community and really having the community take ownership of that business. So uh, thanks for joining me. Um, first, you know, I'd love it, you know, if you could introduce yourself, Shaquana, and then we can talk a little bit about the Central Brooklyn Food Cooperative. Um, which, you know, I am, full disclosure, a full member and supporter of, co-investor in. (laughs) And so I'm excited to, you know, just share this conversation and hopefully reach other folks who are interested in, you know, figuring out some of these questions and maybe interested in Central Brooklyn Food Cooperative, too. So, all right, Shaquana. Over to you, my dear. You have um, such an interesting background, so I definitely want to touch into all of that, but we can just start with, you know, what your role is with Central Brooklyn Food Co-op. Okay. So um, I'm Shaquana Boykin, um, and I am the Food Sovereignty Organizer um, with Central Brooklyn Food Co-op. I started uh, a few months ago in April. Um, I, I would say what I've learned and these past months um, has been, it's just been amazing to like work with a, a, a black led organization um, and just bring in everybody and just like build community and really, you know, I call it buy back Brooklyn um, where you have long-term residents just taking a stake in where they live and including like nourishing their bodies. Um, so I'm just happy to work for an organization um, like this. Cool, cool. Well, where, for, let's start off with like, how did you find out about Central Brooklyn Food Cooperative and you know, what, you know, what made you say, yeah, I'm in. I wanna work with you guys. It's so funny. Um, I was working at Brooklyn Botanic Garden um, in the community greening department and just the horticultural department. And um, my coworkers always talk about Brooklyn Movement Center and all the good work uh, that they do and how they're opening up uh, a a food co-op, the first Black-led food co-op. And I was like, huh. In Brooklyn, at least. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I was like intrigued. Um, and then, um, so funny, it was a, a interim seasonal position. And uh, I, I was also working with Best Eye Restoration, um, working with uh, their better, 
a better bike share partnership. I'm working on equity and bike share in New York City. And um, wait, what's restoration for? Restoration Plaza. Uh, Restoration has an economic uh, center, which kind of is like an amazing place to like get connected to. Um, They help you with financial services, um, with uh, you can get counseling. Um, So dealing with the whole self, just like uh, Brooklyn Movement Center. And they also community community institution, Restoration Plaza here in Bed-Stuy, Crown Heights, Brooklyn. Yes, and it's very, it's a historic, I, I say it's the historical landmark, um, uh, has like a, a museum, a gallery when you first come in, but then they opened up uh, across from it in the same plaza, economic center, and I was working with them, and they like work on policy issues, work on community issues, uh, especially around equity, um, and that, and whatever that looks like, bike equity, racial equity, you know, um, just developing um, black and brown people, and people of low and moderate um, incomes, and so big up restoration. Right. Yes, they're amazing. Um, and I think Alexis, uh, who works there and is also a member here, um, she sent me a, a job. She knew I was looking for a job and she sent me the job um, description. She was like, Shaquana, this, this sounds like you. Um, Brooklyn Movement Center is looking for an organizer. I was like, oh, wow, always hear about them, but I never seen a job opportunity so I applied um, and I think I did like three or four interviews um, and every time I did an interview I, I remember going back um, and talking to my best friend who's um, in the army um, sorry in the navy and telling her like do you know everybody that interviewed me was black like I can't believe this like this is great um, and they were telling me about their backgrounds at the interview um and i got to meet like board members and um staff and it was just it just felt good um yeah because sometimes you hear about the board but you never get to like meet anybody so it was cool awesome okay so we've thrown out now a few different organizational names so there's brooklyn movement center and their their central brooklyn food cooperative so can you describe the two uh what you know what each does yeah, so Brooklyn Movement Center um, had, deals with a lot of issue area, areas in um, Central Brooklyn, and that can look like um, working uh, with people who own homes and making sure that they understand or uh, know about the energy saving, um, solar energy, uh, work with tenants, um, making sure they know their rights, um, and just making sure that uh, people in Brooklyn are staying in their homes. Uh, We also have other issue areas around um, accountability, police accountability. um, And we also do food work and the incubator of uh, Central Brooklyn Food Co-op, sorry, Brooklyn Movement Center uh, incubates uh, Central Brooklyn Food Co-op. So there are there are two different um, organizations um, board led, and uh, one the Central Brooklyn Food Co-op deals with uh, food sovereignty in Central Brooklyn and um, opening up a store. Awesome. That would address that. Cool, cool. Now let's dive a little bit more into the co-op model, and you know at the end of the day, 
we're saying food co-op, but you said store. So really, you know, one, one thing that we're talking about here is groceries, you know, selling groceries <laughs> to folks. <laughs> so what's different about, you know, Central Brooklyn food cooperative versus like a Trader Joe's and, you know, or a Whole Foods? Um, what's the difference is that you have people who live in the area that's buying into the store and that will actually, once it opens, help run the store. Um, we will staff it with like a general manager, but you know, when you go to the grocery store, you see um, people who get paid and they're stocking or they may be uh, welcoming and cashing you out. But in our model, it's like a family. Uh, people who live in Central Brooklyn will be able to uh, work a couple hours and contribute to the store. And we, we, not, we not only just sell groceries, um, we also, deal just like Brooklyn Movement Center, deal with the whole self. So making sure we um, talk about political education um, and what that looks like, uh, having you know opportunities for people to join and be a, a member. And like, these are the things that a regular grocery store, um, you, you don't get, you don't really have, you know, a chance to get to know, you know, people at, your grocery store but yeah. at this grocery store people get to work together um and get good quality food and know where their food comes from okay okay so really you know having an all hands on deck sort of approach to the store you know as a member i would also be contributing to running the store as well right now, you know, I guess that kind of reminds me of Costco in the sense of like, you know, people, there's, there's a certain amount of uh, ownership, you know, it, that, that the workers may feel, but at the end of the day, they, they don't necessarily own the store, um, you know, in terms of like the profits that are made, et cetera. So, you know, can you talk a little bit about how the co-op model runs as a business uh, because there are, you know, there are definitely some distinctions. You know, one is that I think the co-op model is nonprofit. Uh, you know, so my background on the, with Central Brooklyn Food Co-op, I actually was an earlier board member, uh, you know, back in the day and, you know, assisted in uh, incorporating the, the co-op. And so there was actually a lot of debate, a lot of, of debate and within the community. And um, it was a very open community driven and, you know, democratic, if you will, process in that people debated, people researched, people voted. And ultimately the decision that was voted upon was to take a nonprofit or not for profit uh, corporate structure, which is, you know, essentially how Co uh, cooperatives are uh, incorpor typically incorporated uh, here in New York. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's different. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, what the aims are of the food co-op as, you know, as a, a grocery store and in terms of how do you envision it uh, delivering on the community need? Um. That's interesting uh, because when uh, 
you think when I first started and I was uh, thinking about the, the model that we do have, uh, I noticed that the difference, because I did take a business class, I noticed that being like a nonprofit model, uh, the money will go back into the store and the, the proceeds will keep uh, the store running. Um, far as like if it was like a regular grocery store, uh, you know, the, the grocery store makes money and they, the, you know, it's split up uh, with the, uh, the, the person who, I guess, incorporated um, the grocery store and then they have to pay into um, payroll and pay everyone who works into the store versus this cooperative model where um, people are paying into the store um, and also working at the store. Right, right. And, you know, are you familiar, have you been a member of Park Slope Food Co-op here? Okay, so, you know, here in Brooklyn, uh, it's considered the granddaddy of, of food cooperatives and, and it's been around since, yeah, I believe the 70s, early 70s, yeah. and you know, has thousands and thousands of members. Um, and, you know, does a great job, you know, I'd say, um, having been a member in the past, you know, of, you know, providing a wide range of uh, farm fresh type of foods and, you know, artisan foods, locally made goods, um, you know, at pretty affordable prices, you know. And, however, one thing that's kind of always come up is, you know, people, you, you take your three or three hours or so to go a month and work with, uh, work at the co-op. So you do your shift at the co-op. And, you know, I think that um, one thing that's always come up with Park Soap is this question of culture, right? Because, okay, if you're working there for three hours a month, you know, on a voluntary basis, or really, you know, it's sort of uh, supporting supporting the groceries so that you can have lower prices as a shopper um, you know you the culture is going to be really important to you right it's going to you want it to be a place that you want it to be so can you talk a little bit about that and, and how central brooklyn uh, food co-op is, is starting to think about that I mean, uh, we don't even have a store yet, right? And we do, you know, political ed education. Um, we do events and, you know, these are things that I, I'm not a member of Park Slope, but I'm, I'm sure they don't offer that. Um, making sure they have space for community building. Um, that's what we do here. Um, and, and speaking of that, you know, we also respond to what's happening. Um, a lot of times people run nonprofits, like a business, a private, you know, business, but it's, it's really responding to our needs, right? Mm -hmm. And what happened was right before I started working here, um, COVID-19 happened. So responding to that as a food co-op, when you talk about cu culture, you know, talking about showing up and, um, being able to fundraise and and give back to the community um, and really hit our you know long-term residents and giving them fresh food um, so the, that that's what not only uh, places as different from other cooperatives um, 
but also shows our hu humanity um, in having this this worker cooperative. Um, and yeah. that's, I think that's, that's what people want. They want to be a part, they want to join something that not only they're getting a discount, but they're like learning and building with others. Okay, nice. Now talk a little bit more about that in terms of, you know, responding during COVID. Um, you know, so there's a couple of things here that, you know, we need to touch on. One, that the doors haven't opened yet. Right, there is no actual storefront for um, Central Booking Food Co-op yet. Um, so we, we need to talk about that and, and what's the vision there. But also, you know, okay, so yet even still, you guys were able to then respond to what was happening in COVID. So talk a little bit more about that. Well, let's start, start with um, COVID, your COVID response. Awesome. So right before I started, um, the board and a fundraising uh, committee was uh, wanted to know what they can do during COVID-19. Uh, did a survey uh, to the members, like I said, just showing up. Um, and the, the survey sh showed that the members didn't need anything that they wanted to help, actually. So um, getting a, a, a Kickstarter campaign uh, started and just getting donations and getting a few uh, grants to supplement, was able to raise uh, over $100,000 to give back to Central Brooklyn um, and really um, lean on organizations that are already doing work um, in a community to get a list of people in need. Um, so, that was one part of it. And the other part of it is having our members say, I wanna do something, right? Um, and responding to that, like, okay, let's do something. Um, so on Fridays, you know, members come out, they help in the warehouse packing, they help get the bags in the cars, they help take the, the uh, food to um, different places in Central Brooklyn. Sometimes they can take up to 12 bags and do individual um, homes. And, you know, that's really just showing up. I remember uh, one time, a member telling me they not they were making a phone call to just you know ask uh, one of the residents uh, would they still like the food uh, delivered on Friday and they were like you know my my water you know my water is off I want the food but I don't know how I'm gonna like wash the food or I don't even know what wow. I'm gonna drink and I seen that note and I was able to you know respond to that the organization was able to respond to that you know by buying gallons of water for her children and buying juice and milk you know just for the weekend because uh they were uh renovating their um building and the water was going to be off for the weekend wow. um, and that's that's different you know um so that's us showing yeah. up yeah cool cool all right. Well, you know, can you talk a little bit more about um, the, you know, where you guys are getting the food from right now? So you're saying, you know, talking about warehousing and bags and everything. Talk a little bit more about where you're getting the food and how that's going. Sure. Um, we receive our food from Brooklyn Packers. Uh, one thing we're really big on is partnerships, right? Um, so Brooklyn Packers is another um, Black-led organization who sources food 
and uh, they have a warehouse where they can pack, you know, groceries and we could uh, ask them for uh, a supplement bag that we can give out to Central Brooklyn residents. Awesome, awesome. And they also serve all around, I, I hear they're in the, um, and all around Brooklyn from Brownsville to, um, you know, and Best Eye and Crown Heights. So they're really cool. serving. Yeah. All right. Shout out to Brooklyn Packers. And they also are, I believe, are a worker. They are a worker owned cooperative. So, yes. again, the folks that are working there own the business. And this is, you know, all in. <laughs> it is. It's so nice to like have those partnerships where we align, like our, our models align, um, and we're able to, you know, show up for each other. They also have a CSA, um, you know, so. That's right. So for the shoppers out there that, you know, yes, want to put in that online grocery order sort of thing. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so now let's, let's back it up and, and talk about this storefront. Okay, so I see a lot of, you know, moving pieces and a lot of, uh, you know, collaboration going on, um, which, you know, that's definitely a tenet of what it means to be a cooperative business, right? Um, there are certain principles that um, cooperatives espouse, and uh, I think it sort of links back to, I think, what, an international organization of, you know, co uh, cooperatives that has a certain set of principles that you can refer to, but one of them is, um, you know, for co-ops to work together with each other collaboratively to help um, share resources and to, you know, better, uh, better move the, their businesses forward. So that's cool to see how that's working um, with you guys. So now can you talk a little bit more about this store, right? You know, when it, when it comes to community ownership, you know, I think there's definitely a certain sense of satisfaction when you can have a brick and mortar. Um, but we now live in the COVID slash post COVID, you know, what, what will be era. And, you know, brick and mortar has definitely seen its uh, challenges over this, this year. So can you talk a little bit about how you guys are thinking about approaching being in a store? It's, um, uh, that's, that's literally what we're doing right now. We have um, a, a committee called the Store Opening Committee um, that really is going to uh, de uh, deal with um, the plan that we had and also incorporate some safety guidelines that, you know, a store has to have during COVID-19 and what does that look like um, and also, um, figuring out does that shift our budget in opening um, and you know we still have the same benefits of that school co-op right you know having those health benefits environmental benefits and, and social benefits but because of COVID-19 um, we're thinking about maybe doing smaller things before opening um, maybe having an option where uh, you can purchase a few items um, as a member until the store open. Um, but right now we're really in the, the stage of just figuring out what the new guidelines are um, to open up. And also so much property, I know this is like 
bad to say, but like so much property has opened up since COVID-19. Um, so what does that look like? Yes, we are going to be in Central Brooklyn, um, uh, but where is it going to be in Best Eye or Crown Heights? And now we have this committee that's able to uh, see what's right. And also when you talk about opening up the store, um, we also are figuring out what's the best uh, way to open up the store. Should we buy the land, you know, buy the store versus renting? Um, and because we're a worker cooperative, just looking at other models as well, um, seeing what worked and what didn't work. Uh, so we'll be doing that, uh, a lot of that uh, research and uh, coming together for at least the, the, the end of the year, until the end of the year. But we are planning to open up in 2021. All right. All right. Cool. Well, on that note, how can folks get more involved with what's going on in, with Central Brooklyn Food Co-op? Yes. Yeah, so if you would like to get involved, um, you can al always contact me. Um, I can give you my email. Uh, you can always go to our page. Um, you can spell it out, Central Brooklyn Food Co-op.nationbuilder.com. You can find out uh, more about what a what a co-op is, um, our mission and our values, and if you're looking to, if you have some free time on Fridays, you can help us deliver uh, groceries or pack bags or um, help at one of the sites to give out the food. And should I share my email? Um, sure, if, you have, if you're comfortable sharing your email, yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay, great. Please email me. Uh, we really want, you know, we really want to capture Central Brooklyn residents, um, the Brooklynites. So uh, contact us. You can um, email me directly at sboykin, that's S-B-O-Y-K-I-N, at Brooklyn Movement Center dot com. Cool, cool. Now, before we sort of wrap up, I did want to just touch a little bit more on the environmental benefits, the, the sort of environmental, you know, health benefits that you mentioned, but we didn't really delve into. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, how that works, you know, what, what, um, what you're thinking about? I'm glad that you said that. Um, well, also sets us apart from grocery stores is, you know, grocery stores, I don't, I don't want to speak for all grocery stores, but most grocery stores don't think about, um, you know, the waste that the packaging um, has and um, think about the quality of food. And when we talk about the environmental benefits of joining our food co-op, we want to increase the supply of local organic produce. Um, so making sure that uh, we don't have genetically modified um, or treated by pesticides. Uh, we want to, um, you know, pro provide uh, good food and we want to make sure it's less packaging and, you know, just deliver on uh, what it what it means to reduce your carbon footprint, right? Oh, I'm down yeah. for that. Down for that. All right, now, Shaquana, 
I want to, you know, just talk, take a step back and just talk a little bit about your experience as a Brooklynite, because you just have such passion for Brooklyn and, you know, being a community organizer, you know, Central Brooklyn Food Co-op, your work there is definitely not, you know, the first time you're getting out there and, you know, making an impact as you're talking about with the food drive going on right now. Can you talk a little bit more about your other, you know, community organizing work um, that, you know, you've been involved in here in Central Brooklyn? Sure. Um, first, I am a um, national leader with Opportunity Youth United, working on policy, um, federal, um, the federal budget. So that just made me want to do so much more locally. Um, so I, I live in New York City, public housing, um, and uh, I also sit on the Tenant Association. And it's you know, when COVID-19 happened, um, I was already doing full work. So I had started a, in my position at uh, MARP, we, we started to address a uh, food desert. So at NARP? Is that uh, at MARP? It's called Myrtle Avenue Revitalization Project. So we call it MARP. Okay. Myrtle Avenue Revitalization Project. Okay. Yeah. And um, I was their healthy communities uh, manager. And at, in that role, I had started all these amazing food programs in Fort Greene, Clinton Hill, um, from starting a, a CSA with Corbin Hill Food Project, um, being one of the first sites in Brooklyn to provide food from, you know, black and brown farmers, uh, starting upstate and then expanding it. Cool. You know, and then responding to the food desert um, and Farragut, um, really uh, between uh, three housing developments where there were only one supermarket for you know 3,500 residents, mm. um, and you know. I love partnerships. I love jobs with partnerships and, you know, that the job was able to partner with City Harvest, um, New York City Housing Authority, and um, start a mobile market. It was this initiative that City Harvest had um, called the Neighborhood Safety Initiative, where they wanted to address food deserts, um, places where there weren't um, enough food for the amount of people that was in that area. Mm, okay. So they were like, we can drop off this food, but we need an organization to deliver it to the people and we need the organization to get the people who live here. So I was tasked with um, finding an indoor space for cold, um, for the cold months because City Harvest will not deliver food um, in the cold months to residents. They don't want them standing outside, which is understandable. Um, so partnerships, you know, getting a partnership with um, the Boys and Girls Club, the Navy Yard Boys and Girls Club, and um, just really just hitting the doors and putting up flyers and having pre-registration drives coming onto the properties and just saying, hey, we're giving out fresh food. And it was a pantry that only gave out fresh food. So no canned items, everything was fresh. Mm -hmm. um, and what was so interesting about that, I kept thinking, how am I gonna get all these people to eat beets and bok choy? And Good question. Good and question, because a lot of people think, oh, people in the hood might not want 
the fresh foods. So what was the verdict? The thing was, like I tell people, we don't eat unhealthy because we want to eat unhealthy, right? We eat what our parents and our grandparents been giving us, right? This so happened in 2020, we can look on the back of a food label and say, oh my goodness, look how much sodium is in this, right? So I think what happened is I was like, okay, if I don't know how to, you know, eat with these uh, items, what would I do? I would Google, right? So I made sure that um, and City Harvest also had recipes that they would, you know, give out. So I would collect recipes from City Harvest. I would, um, uh, we had community chefs. Uh, so we would have the community chefs come up with a meal um, that can was like $10 or less using the fresh items and um, have like, and make, and make, the, make the item at the event so they can taste it and then give them other recipes and really just like promoting the, the, the way they should, um, you know, cook it. Um, and also getting feedback of like, how did you cook that? So sometimes people would bring pictures and say, Shaquana, look at this. I made this bok choy. I didn't know what this was, but that recipe that you gave me was amazing. Um, so just, building that. Um, I also did a community corner um, at that same job where um, didn't even realize, but people did not. Oh, yeah. oh, I just lost you there. You said people did not. They didn't know how to shop at a farmer's market. So um, I live in, um, so I live on Myrtle between, uh, it's like Washington Park. Yeah, it's like Washington Park and... Uh, Girl, you don't have to tell it. us where, where, where you live. <laughs> yeah, but I was trying to like give you, like if you look, there's like a whole block of New York City, um, New York City Housing Authority buildings. And then there's a park and lots of luxury housing. Mm -hmm. So where the green market was, people didn't notice that it was there. Um, who lived on the other side of the street. Wow. And so we were like, okay, let's like have this community corner and, and like give people uh, information about resources, like the um, hospitals, their clinics, and also give them some healthy bucks in the summer to shop at the farmer's market. And uh, we noticed that people didn't know how to shop at the farmer's market. They thought you shop like a grocery store, you pick up all the items and cash out at one but you do not. Um, every farmer has their own, you know, thing. And that we also found out that you can use your, your EBT SNAP benefits and also teaching people how to use that because you didn't have to go to a separate tent. Um, so I think all of that, the work, the food work that I did um, and like the different uh, experiences. Uh, the last thing that we did in the Healthy Communities uh, initiative at the old job was going into supermarkets and having talks with people and giving them five dollars uh, to shop. At the time, it was like two, 2016. Five dollars, you could get a healthy snack. Not sure about in 2020. 
But um, it was interesting to just walk around and see people's eating habits, right? Um, and showing them how to read a food label, showing them how much sodium that one is supposed to take in a day um, and what is on the food labels and don't be tricked by, you know, the lower sodium amount because it also has the servant. So it might be times two or times four, right? Mm -hmm. So making sure you understand that or reading the back of the food label and it says natural foods, but not knowing like, it doesn't mean natural foods. That's like a name of an organization called natural foods. So don't be tricked. And you know, that work just, it was just like good work. So I'm just like happy and excited to be here. Um, uh, working to open up uh, a food co-op and you know build on my experiences so having you know programs like like that um making sure people understand what they're putting in their bodies or you know we're a community uh we're not like a regular grocery store so learning from each other what how do you make that what did you make um so it's going to be great okay i love that you know you pointed out some good points there it's like don't underestimate, you know, people's curiosity about food, right? And everyone wants to eat something tasty. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it's just about getting the right information in folks' hands and being able to, you know, understand how to navigate yeah. all the marketing and all the, you know, the funny language that they slap on labels and stuff so that you can get to the real deal, yeah. real food. <laughs> yeah. So, well, it's, your experience is amazing. And, you know, thank you for your work with Central Brooklyn Food Co-op. And, uh, you know, I just want to give you, you know, last opportunity to give a shout on anything else that you'd like to share before we wrap up. Oh, sometimes I forget. So I am the newly elected district leader um, in Assembly District 57, serving Crown Heights and Versailles and Fort Greene and Clinton Hill and Prospect Heights. And just looking forward to just serve with the people, you know, yes. just learning. I just love learning. So. Okay, you gotta back it up though. Okay, so as an elected official, newly elected official, Mr. Kwana Boykin, can you describe what that position is? folks and, and yes. got there? Yes, it's an um, amazing position. It's an unpaid position in the Democratic Party. Um, so I get to represent um, on the Executive Democratic Party um, board committee. Uh, so what we do is we're like we're organizers. So we organize the people I serve. We have a, about 125,000 Democrats in Assembly District 5-7. So I get them excited to vote. I, um, I can hold civic engagement events. I can hold um, voter registration drives. I also get to hire and staff polling sites. So making sure that we get, you know, we get people at the polls and we're not discouraging people, you know, we have people that want to be there, that want to make sure our elections is ran smoothly. And also, um, I, I love youth. So elevating that Board of Elections has youth poll workers. Um, so getting our 17 year olds into um, trainings right now into the end of um, 
like the middle of October, they have trainings. Uh, and youth that are working, working the polls. All right. Yeah, they're yes. going to be working the polls. I actually never worked the polls, but um, I'm just excited to get more people um, involved in the political process. And I also get to help. Um, if you ever voted and you looked at the slate and you've seen judges on the slate, I get to also introduce judges to um, the community. Um, which is really amazing because every time I vote, I'm like, I don't know these judges. So as uh, like a surrogate, meaning like so they get judgeship. So some people are yep up for uh, judgeship, and uh, they're supposed to be introduced to the community, like in events, or oh. you're supposed to know who's yeah going right. I've always great. wondered yeah how See? how judges campaign right. Okay. Yes. So. so that's that's very important and. You know, so this um, this role that you have, it, it was voted on. Who voted, and and when did that happen? Yes, it's um, it's a it's a local vote, so it happens in primaries. So our primaries was June twenty third, um, and unfortunately, because of COVID nineteen, uh, we had a lot of melon um, absentee ballots. So it took about another month to count all of those ballots. And um, it was an amazing process to uh, see and be uh, involved, uh, especially because I got to see poll workers that was like 18 and 20. And I was like, what? This is just amazing to see younger people um, just working the polls. Uh, and I also had, it was a tough race. I was up against an incumbent, a uh, beautiful, smart woman, and also up against uh, a new runner up uh, that I knew as well. And, you know, we all tried our best. And, you know, at the end, I'm excited that I was the one that, you know, the district wants to uh, have and move us forward in the Democratic Party. Amazing. And so that's something, you know, it people often think, oh, like, I'm not the right person to run for something, right? But this is, you know, this is a local position that has, you know, it creates a real sense of a liaison, right? Between what's happening in, yes. in this case, you're on the Democratic Party ticket. So what's happening in that um, Democratic Party uh, and on, the on the ballot and really helping, you know, link the community to the resources that they need so that's super exciting yeah. and um can you just repeat the the um title once again so yes um the official title is state committee member okay. and it's uh it's uh, the only gender-based uh position so i'm the female uh district leader state committee woman awesome well thank you thank you for joining me and it's great to hear. Congratulations again on all of that effort. And uh, yeah, I'll be at the polls <laughs> for sure. Yes, vote. <laughs> That's right. Everybody get out. Get out. Yeah. Let's get folks out. <laughs> Anything happening in Brooklyn that, that um, in the next uh, couple of weeks in terms of getting out the vote? that folks should know about? Well, every weekend, go to your local parks. Uh, a bunch of district leaders are just out here making sure people are registered to vote. Um, I even was doing some mutual aid work on Saturday and a local church had their congregation outside with uh, registration uh, cards asking people to register on the, like, on the block. It was just amazing.
So um, even if you know people in the other states, uh, start calling you know people in other states and getting that vote out. Because we know Brooklyn's gonna show up, but we need the other states to show up too. Yes, that is for true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, sister. It's great talking with you. Yes. And, um, you know, we will get together again soon and I'll, you know, be following up. Hopefully. Well, I personally will be keeping up on what's going on with Central Brooklyn Food Co-op, but hopefully we'll get another interview going uh, over as the season rolls on. So. Of course. Thank you. I'm Candace Hewitt, host of this series, and if you're interested in contributing to a program about what Black businesses are doing to bring about positive change, I invite you to join the conversation and just email me at reconstructionthepodcast at gmail.com. That email again is reconstructionthepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you.